I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Listener caution is advised, as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. Bijan Ibrahimi lived on the ground floor in a four-storey block of flats located on Capgrave Crescent in Bristol. Bijan, a shy man and an Iranian immigrant, suffered from health problems that left him disabled. He had a close bond with his family and took joy in tending to his garden in a communal area that overlooked the surrounding flats. Despite being quiet, he didn't go unnoticed. He was verbally abused by some of his neighbours as he was seen as being different and viewed as an easy target by his tormentors. His pleas to local authorities for help were met with complacency and Bijan was dismissed as being a pest and an annoyance. Bijan recorded some of these incidents, however this antagonised a gang of nearly two dozen residents who surrounded Bijan's flat in July 2013. Bijan Ibrahimi was born in Tehran, the capital of Iran, in 1969 was the youngest of five siblings, three girls and two boys. His father was a railway engineer and his mother was a homemaker. From a young age, Bijan had a thirst for knowledge. He was an avid reader and loved to play table tennis, even entering the national ranks as a table tennis champion in Iran. Unfortunately, in his youth, he had to put his hobbies aside and dedicate his life to caring for his parents. 
His mother had a stroke when Bijan was 12 and he looked after her until she passed away 10 years later. Not a year after his mother's passing, his father became gravely ill and was diagnosed with cancer. Bijan also took on the responsibility of caring for his father until he died a few years later in 1994. As Bijan had spent most of his formative years looking after his parents, he didn't get the chance to gain a further education in Iran. It was something he so desperately wanted. Two of his sisters had already emigrated to the UK in the early 90s, with one working as an NHS nurse and the other working for a large UK retailer. During 2000, when he was 31 years old, he arrived on British soil as a refugee and started his new life in Bristol. His sisters helped him make the transition and for the first 18 months, Bijan worked at a takeaway restaurant and also as a shop assistant. Unfortunately, an ongoing back condition that Bijan had suffered from since childhood worsened, which severely affected his mobility. The condition, curvature of the spine, caused severe back pain and problems breathing. Due to his health issues, he was unable to work a physically demanding job, so registered his disability and received financial support. Regardless, he still managed to obtain certificates and diplomas in carpentry, information technology and plumbing. In 2008, his brother-in-law passed away and so Bijan became the father figure for his nephew, a duty he took very seriously. His siblings explained, Bijan has always kept the family together through painful times. He held us when we cried. He made us laugh when we thought we never could again. He lived a quiet life. He looked after his cat, tended to his flower baskets, and above all else, put his family first. Despite his achievements, his life in the UK was a challenging one. He was seen as being different, and often shouts of cockroach or foreigner was heard when he walked by. He was often told to go back to his own country. Not wanting to burden his family, he rebuffed continuous offers to live with them, and fiercely valued his independence over a safer environment. This wasn't the first time Bijan had experienced this behaviour and he thought he could deal with it. When he first arrived in the UK, he was homed in a hostel while he awaited his housing subsidies. On one occasion in the hostel, boiling water was thrown over him by a fellow resident. In another incident, he was physically assaulted. During this second assault, Bijan tried to flee his attackers by jumping out of a window but broke his leg in the process. When Bijan was relocated by Bristol City Council, his attackers came looking for him at his new address on West Town Lane in Brislington. When they found out where he lived, they tried to burn his house down. He was again moved, this time to Capgrave Crescent. He was homed in a ground floor flat due to his mobility issues. While his family would fleetingly pick him up and drop him off, there was never an area where his family or Bijan felt comfortable. Unsurprisingly, the years of bullying and abuse he suffered for being different slowly ate away at his confidence and he developed depression. The confrontations would upset him and he would always contact authorities if he felt threatened. He had faith that the police would do something about it. His complaints weren't acted upon, which made his depression worse and his confidence sink further. Bristol City Council had taken out an injunction on Bijan after a resident accused him of being a public nuisance outside the flats. An injunction is used to compel someone to refrain from a specific act 
and failure to comply could result in a criminal penalty. Bijan was seen tapping on a metal banister outside his home. It transpires that he was tapping on the railing trying to entice his cat indoors. His feeling of isolation was only compounded when he was being treated by doctors who believed that he might have mouth cancer. The protracted investigation into his condition lasted two years and it wasn't until a week before the events of July 2013 he was given the all clear by doctors. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. On a hot summer's day, on July 11th, 2013, residents of Capgrave Crescent were outside enjoying the sun. In the afternoon, locals fired up their barbecues and gathered on the communal grass outside the flats. Bijan was watering his flowers. His neighbour Lee James, along with his children, were amongst the gathering on the grass. Lee, who was 24 years old, had moved into the flats nine months prior with his partner and three daughters. Lee, who was familiar with law enforcement, 
had received a community support order after being convicted of battery for beating his partner. Bijan had often been the target of abuse from Lee, and that day was no different. He felt let down by authorities, so started to gather evidence to prove to police what was going on. He decided to film Lee, who was drinking heavily. Lee spotted the camera and confronted Bijan. Lee believed that Bijan had been filming his children, so forced his way into Bijan's home, first threatening him and then headbutting him. Bijan held his camera by his side for the whole time he was being abused. Lee can be seen holding a Budweiser can in one hand and a cigarette in the other. Stop, like, I'm going to police station now saying he's taking pictures of me, right? Yeah. Why are you taking pictures of me for? That's proof. Don't you dare take pictures of me, alright? You come to my house. I can't, you, you get old Bill all you want. Get old Bill and I'll say to him you're taking pictures of me. Yeah. How old are you? I'm a little boy. Go. Up to you. Go out of my house. Bijan immediately called the police and a community support officer, a member of the policing team who deals with minor crimes, arrived to respond to the complaint. Lee James raised his objections with the support officer, insisting Bijan was filming his children. Lee became aggressive, telling the support officer he was not afraid to go to prison if the police didn't deal with it. Lee was instructed not to take matters into his own hands. Two police officers, PC Helen Harris and PC Leanne Winter arrived at the scene and interviewed everyone involved. When the police officer spoke to Lee, he became agitated. He again shouted that if police weren't going to take any action, he would have to protect his children by making sure that Bijan couldn't do anything like that again. He told them, at least they'll know the lengths their dad went to to protect his kids. If they ask me why I'm inside, I will tell them I did it for them and they will be really proud of me. The police went to interview other witnesses and Lee was heard by onlookers threatening to kill Bijan. A neighbour heard him say, I'm going to burn his house down. Lee's friend and neighbour Stephen Norley tried to calm him down and Lee pointed aggressively at Bijan and shouted pedo. Bijan was told by police to stop filming, as drinking and making a mess is not a crime. Police briefly left the scene, but returned to Capgrave Crescent and knocked on Bijan's front door. In a strange turn of events, the local residents saw Bijan being led from his home in handcuffs. He was being arrested for a public order offence due to recording his neighbours when he was told not to and he apparently antagonised officers at the scene. A number of people who regularly hurled abuse at Bijan began cheering as he was placed in a police car and driven to the station. This only reinforced the notion that Bijan's actions were that of a guilty man. He was booked in and told the reasons for his arrest. Right, you're going to be arrested for public order offence. You've, you've antagonised the situation, like I've already said. We've asked you not to do things like take photographs, film things. You've done ahead outside. and done that. And I now you've been arrested for that. You, so you're going to have In footage captured at the station, Bijan looks upset. He was put in his cell and struggled to find the words to express his thoughts. His concerns were dismissed one officer tells him he's a pain in the arse. I don't want to talk to you. I've said that I don't want to talk to you. You want to talk, you're fine, but I don't want to talk to you. I'm not going around in circles anymore. No, I'm talking to you as a friend. No, you're not my friend, that's the point. I'm a police officer, you're a pain in the arse. So speak to me. Since that three years ago, trying to... Bijan was interviewed 
and the removable memory card from his camera was analysed to understand if there was any credibility to Lee's accusation that Bijan was filming his children. Police confirmed that although children were present in the footage Bijan had shot, they were not the focus. Bijan had been filming the stream of abuse he received not only from Lee, but also some of his neighbours. The footage showed Lee James verbally abusing Bijan before threatening him. Lee was eventually dragged away by his partner. Bijan was kept in a holding cell overnight, but was finally released the next day once the police had completed their investigations. Before his release, he was advised how filming could be perceived by his neighbours. The police took no action with Lee James or anyone else that verbally abused or threatened Bijan. The police offered to drop him off at his sister's property, but instead he opted to be taken back to his home. That morning, on July 12th, Bijan returned to his flat. When some of the residents who were drinking on the grass verge realised Bijan was back at home, the verbal abuse and threats began straight away. Once again feeling scared for his safety, he called the emergency services, explaining that he felt threatened and wanted to report more abuse. Help never arrived. Bijan was a prisoner in his own home. Early the following morning, on July 13th, Bijan sent an email to the beat manager explaining that he did not feel safe in his home. Throughout that day, people had begun to congregate in the communal area outside the flats. A small crowd included Lee James and his friend Stephen Norley. As the alcohol flowed, shouting in the direction of Bijan's flat became louder. He was again called a paedophile. In the early hours of the morning, at 12.12am, Bijan made one final call to the police. PC Leanne Winter refused to speak to him and she told the call handler that Bijan was an absolute idiot. Finally, the gang of tormentors eventually lost interest and dispersed. At around 1am, Bijan felt safe enough to venture outside to quickly water his hanging baskets. They were the only present he had asked for on his birthday. As he finished watering his flowers, Lee James came out of his flat and strode up to Bijan. Lee had told his partner to go inside and Lee locked the front door. What was said between the two men isn't ultimately clear, however Lee again accused Bijan of staring at children on the estate. Lee shouted, I'm going to kill you, and began an unprovoked attack. Bijan was pushed and then punched which caused him to fall to the ground. Once he was on the floor, he was repeatedly kicked. Lee screamed that Bijan didn't deserve to live. As Bijan was beaten unconscious, Lee continued to punch and kick him. Witnesses described Lee repeatedly stamping on Bijan's head. Stephen Norley ran out of his flat to stop Lee, who by this point was repeatedly punching Bijan in the head. Stephen played no part in the assault that would ultimately kill Bijan, However, he went home to retrieve a bottle of white spirit. The liquid is often used to clean paintbrushes or as a starter fluid for charcoal grills. Bijan's body was dragged out into an area beside the main road and both Lee James and Stephen Norley coated Bijan's body in white spirit and set him alight. CCTV captured the moment flames began to engulf Bijan's lifeless body and both Lee and Stephen ran back to their ground floor flats. Lee James had disposed of his blood-soaked clothing on the roof of a nearby garage. 
Lee proudly proclaimed to his partner that he had taken care of things and told her, tell the girls I did it for them and you, before he went to take a shower. The emergency services were eventually notified at 1.20am and the paramedics arrived at the scene 15 minutes later. Bijan's body was still burning and the flames had to be put out by a fire extinguisher. Shortly after police arrived, they arrested both Lee James and Stephen Norley, along with two other women who were later released without charge. Bijan's family were informed when they returned from a holiday in Spain on July 17th as they made their way through passport control. Believing at first this was merely an issue with their travel documents, staff from passport control took them into a back room where two officers from the Avon and Somerset Police Force broke the news. Post-mortem examination was completed, which identified that Bijan had suffered multiple heavy blows to his face and head. The trauma was likely the cause of death, however asphyxiation may have been the cause due to the amount of blood he inhaled. The examination confirmed that Bijan's body was set alight after he died. Subsequent to their arrest, both Lee James, who faced charges of murder, and Stephen Norley facing a charge of assisting an offender admitted to their actions. Bijan's body was not released for four weeks and this took away his family's right to give their brother a proper Muslim burial. In the victim impact statement made by Manisha Moores, Bijan's sister, this felt like Bijan being murdered twice. Sentencing for the murder of Bijan Ibrahimi took place on November 28, 2013 at Bristol Crown Court. Judge Justice Simon addressed Lee James and stated, You have been threatening to use violence in the days before you murdered Mr. Ibrahimi. Your persistent animosity and threats to kill him were noted by witnesses. I am satisfied that this was a vigilante crime with the element of bullying and victimization that this implies. You had decided wrongly that Mr. Ibrahimi was a paedophile and that this put him outside the law. You thought that you were entitled to take the law into your own hands, as the misleading expression has it. What you did had nothing to do with the law or justice. The law provides that guilt is decided in a court with the protections of a fair trial, and the law protects life. Yours was an act of murderous injustice. Lee James was sentenced to life imprisonment and will have to serve at least 18 years before he can apply for parole. The judge addressed Stephen Norley and said, You helped James drag the body away from the site of his murder, and you were involved in setting fire to it. It was you who fetched the white spirit. The aggravating factor is the seriousness of the offence which you knew Lee James had committed. Stephen Norley received four years half of which was served in prison and the remainder on licence. Bijan Ibrahimi's sister, Manisha Moore, spoke to the press outside the courtroom. We now know who's, who was responsible for murdering and burning Bijan. A wonderful son, brother and uncle has been lost to this world. The next question to be answered is whether Bijan 
Bijan's death could have been avoided if he had received the protection he deserved from the authorities. Lesson must be learned before other vulnerable lives are lost. Thank you very much. Manisha also spoke about how her family are struggling to come to terms with the loss of Bijan. He was such a clever guy. He was very funny. He was a good brother. He was very kind. He was a good uncle. He really made our life so fun for us. Um, We cared about him so much. Losing someone is, is really difficult to come to terms with it. But losing someone in such a way, it's unimaginable for us to come to terms with that. You never ever thought that anyone can do such a, such a barbaric act. While the facts of this case are deeply upsetting, when you dig deeper into the complaints Bijan made about the abuse he suffered before his death, the treatment he received by authorities was almost as shocking. In 2007, he made nine separate phone calls to emergency services as there were numerous attempts to set fire to his car and burn his house to the ground. Fearing for his life, he was relocated to Capgrave Crescent. Between 2008 and 2012, he made 74 separate calls to police reporting racist abuse, verbal threats and physical assaults, though little action was taken. In 2013, before the weekend of his death, Bijan had made a further three calls to emergency services to report the abuse. On July 11th, he made a call to police to report the abuse and physical assault he suffered at the hands of Lee James. The following day, after his release from custody, he made 12 calls as he feared for his safety. On one of the calls, he asked to speak to Police Constable Kevin Duffy. Even at Sunset Police, how can I help? Good afternoon. My name is Bijan Ebrahimi. Can I speak to the PC Kevin Duffy? I'm expecting him, and I've got a mop outside my door. Okay, let me see if I can call him for you. One moment, please. Can you ask him when he's going to come because I don't feel safe? Bijan Ibrahimi uh, on the phone no. asking for you. No, no worries. No, I've no intention of taking any calls from Bijan Ibrahimi. I'm sorry, I'm going to go off one in a second because I've had repeat calls from this man. I am considering doing Mr Ibrahimi for harassment if he keeps on calling. Despite the police constable not arriving at his property, Bijan emailed him a few hours later to discuss his concerns. Here's a reading from the email written by Bijan. Hello, sir. I'm very sorry if I was trying to contact you. But as soon as I came back to my area, they started calling me nasty things, and I couldn't feel safe to stay at home. Could you please tell me when you are available to meet to discuss the matter? Many thanks. Bijan Ibrahim. PC Duffy was off duty and didn't read the email until 24 hours later. Within a matter of hours... Bijan would be dead. In a sad twist of fate, Bijan wasn't even meant to be at his flat on the night of his murder, as he should have been on an annual family trip to Mallorca. Unfortunately, he was unable to travel as he hadn't managed to renew his passport, so had to stay behind.
the Independent Police Complaints Commission undertook an investigation to understand why more wasn't done to protect Bijan. On September 19, 2013, the IPCC had given notice of gross misconduct to six police officers. The topic was raised in the House of Commons by local MP for Bristol East, Kerry McCarthy, who called on Theresa May, Home Secretary at the time. The Home Secretary will, I hope, be aware of the tragic murder of my constituent, Bijan Ebrahimi, whose killer was sentenced last Thursday. He was attacked on the grounds that his neighbours thought quite unjustifiably that he was a paedophile. I have written to the Home Secretary, but can I urge her to do anything that she can to make sure that the IPCC has the resources to report as quickly as possible? It's really important for community cohesion in that area that we can resolve this. The, the, the Honourable Lady makes a very serious point about this, uh, this terrible case. I will indeed look, I haven't seen the letter that she sent to me yet, but I will indeed look at very carefully at what is she is saying in that. And of course, overall, we are trying to ensure through extra resources in the IPCC that they are able to do their job effectively in looking at uh, how these matters, at how cases where there are complaints against the police are dealt with. As she says, this is a terrible case and I will look at her letter very carefully. It was being reported by the press. Some of the complaints being considered included one occasion when Bijan went to the police station and banged on the door asking for help, but he failed to get a response, even though there were staff available. On another, an officer was heard saying that he couldn't see Bijan as his pot noodle would get cold. At the start of the following year, the IPCC expanded its investigation as they discovered further evidence that Bijan likely suffered further failings in the years running up to his murder. The IPCC announced they are investigating a further four officers. A file containing the names of three police officers and one community support officer was given to the Crown Prosecution Service on July 11th, and three months later, the names of a further two more civilian staff were passed to the CPS. This would bring the total number of officers and staff being investigated for potential misconduct to 18, and on December 5th, the CPS announced that police constables Kevin Duffy, Helen Harris, Leanne Winter, and community support officer Andrew Parsmore would be charged with misconduct in public office. A trial began on November 23, 2015, with Judge Neil Ford, QC, overseeing the case. PC Helen Harris, PC Leanne Winter, and PC Kevin Duffy were each charged with one count of misconduct in public office. Police community support officer Andrew Parsmore was also charged with two counts of misconduct in public office. PC Harris and PC Winter were accused of failing to investigate Bijan's claims that he was assaulted by Lee James, along with their failure to arrest Lee after his verbal and physical assault of Bijan. PC Duffy, the local beat manager, was accused of refusing to speak to Bijan on the phone. Police community support officer Parsmore was accused of failing to carry out a foot patrol of Capgrave Crescent after Bijan's assault in spite of his claims that he did so. The prosecution alleged Lee James was foaming at the mouth and the two police officers arrived at the scene on July 11th and vigilantism was in the air, yet the officers arrested Bijan. It was also alleged by the prosecution that although Andrew Passmore claimed he patrolled the area for an hour on foot and by car, he in fact only did so for two or three minutes. After evidence had been presented, Judge Neil Ford told the jury case of this sort may cause feelings of sympathy. 
You may have sympathy for Mr. Ibrahimi and his family, and I'm sure you do. You may have sympathy for the defendants. Each of them is a person of good character. Emotions must play no part in your deliberations. You must reach your verdict by a dispassionate analysis of the evidence. On December 21st, 2015, both Kevin Duffy and Andrew Passmore were found guilty of misconduct in public office. Helen Harris and Leanne Winter were cleared of all charges. Bijan's sister, Manisha Moores, gave a statement outside the courtroom. We now look to the Chief Constable to dismiss officers Duffy and Passmore from the force with the immediate effect. Our search for justice for Bijan continues. Following the hearings, both Kevin Duffy and Andrew Passmore were dismissed by the Avon and Somerset Police. On February 4th the following year, Kevin Duffy was sentenced to 10 months in prison and Andrew Passmore was jailed for four. The judge said, I cannot go behind the jury's verdict and it is with a heavy heart that in each of your cases I take the view that only a custodial sentence is appropriate. As he handed down the sentence, family members gasped and one exclaimed, Jesus Christ. Helen Harris and Leanne Winter were dismissed from the police force three months later. A further ten police officers and civilian staff were issued with final written or verbal warnings. At the start of July 2017, the IPCC published a report which found Bijan suffered years of discrimination from the police. Out of all the calls Bijan made, where he reported crimes that included threats to his life, racial abuse and criminal damage, over half were not processed correctly and did not report a crime. Avon and Somerset Police have apologised unreservedly to Bijan's family and accepted the findings. Here is Deputy Chief Constable Sarah Crew. As I say, there were systematic failures. Um, people work for the police and for public services to make a difference and prevent this happening. But in large organisations with lots of different systems and lots of different people, errors happen. We will do everything in our power and continue to do to prevent those circumstances happening again. Jan Williams, the commissioner of the IPCC, described that Bijan was let down at a time when he needed the police the most. Whenever he reported crimes, abuse, damage, fears for his life, his health, well-being and his safety, they didn't respond appropriately. Rather, they dismissed him. They considered that he was the one making things up and they took neighbours' counter-allegations at face value, even if there was no evidence. I couldn't understand how the response from those officers could have fallen so far below the expected standard. The Police and Crime Commissioner, Sue Mount Stevens, was concerned with the length of time it had taken to make the IPCC reports public, but was truly sorry for the policing failures. It's a shocking read, and, and I'm not going to be defensive of the indefensible. The constabulary failed him, failed him at his absolute hour of need, and for that I'm truly sorry. But I can say that we had many opportunities which the police, and that could have changed uh, the outcome, um, but there were opportunities that were missed by the constabulary. Bijan's sisters spoke to the press about the IPCC's report. Reading this report, we didn't know all this... Uh Incidents been happening during all these years to Bijan and the negligent and carelessness via the agency such a police. 
And this is the point we were devastated. It was so hard to see Bijan all these years been suffering and his voice never listened to. Well, he never gave up and he, he always thought that he is in a country that police is there to protect people. And he couldn't see anything beyond that. Um, as you said, how many times they felt and they didn't listen to him, he always went back to them and seeking help from them. And it's so devastating to see that how they failed him. So where are we now? A tree planting ceremony was held at Queen's Square in Bristol on Friday, March 3rd, 2017 to honour the life of Bijan Ibrahimi. His family attended along with Chief Constable Andy Marsh. The Chief Constable stated, the loss of Bijan's life was an avoidable tragedy. We should have saved Bijan. Bijan's sister Manisha Moores told the press at the event that this was the first time people have celebrated the lovely guy that he was. His family issued the following statement, Bijan was tragically taken from us nearly four years ago. We want Bristol to never forget him or the lessons that his murder brings to us all. This tree will stand for many years and we hope it will be just one of many legacies we can leave on behalf of our dear brother. Though we can never get him back, we intend that the brutal end he suffered for simply wanting a peaceful life will not have been in vain. Thank you for listening and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information, please visit theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Our podcast recommendation this week is Once Upon a Crime. Join host Esther as she dives into some of the most fascinating true crime cases told one chapter at a time. Please stick around for a trailer at the end of this episode. If you would like to support They Walk Among Us and receive ad-free content and other extras, go to patreon.com forward slash They Walk Among Us. You can follow us on Twitter at TWAU underscore podcast or follow us on Instagram and Facebook under They Walk Among Us podcast. This is Esther, host of Once Upon a Crime, a podcast that shares true crime stories chapter by chapter. Crimes are covered within series like we're in the series Monstrous Moms and Dastardly Dads. This is Chapter 2, John List. Killer Kids, Chapter 1, Jesse Pomeroy. Murder in Paradise, Chapter 3, Missing in Aruba. This is Chapter 1, A Woman Scorned, Betty Broderick. As a storyteller, I share not only the details of the crime, but also my research into the backgrounds of the victims and perpetrators to try to understand why events unfolded as they did and to offer clues into how and why these crimes occurred. You can find more about the show on truecrimepodcast.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.